Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, sponsored by the semi-pro fantasy sports podcast network we are back uh two weeks off um kind of did like a little rundown a couple weeks ago just of the main players to pay attention to going into 2023 but we're back tonight we're gonna tackle some uh college football topics joe welcome back it's a pleasure to be back billy i nothing's better than a dynasty tailgate i learn a ton you get me ready for everything because you know I watch college football, but you're just the encyclopedia for college football. And uh, picking your brain helps us not only at the Semi-Pro Fantasy Network, but for the Offensive Points podcast. It helps me at the Senior Bowl. Um, I love it. So for sure, I don't think back. I don't think the spe- Senior Bowl this year is going to be quite as spicy. We'll see how the the season progresses, but there is a ton of underclassmen this year. Uh, that are going to be at the top of the draft. So I don't know if we're going to get as many fireworks as we did in last year's. Uh, but this year will be quite a bit of fun uh, still, uh, even without as many, you know, headlining names being there. But it'll be fun. Uh, Joe, we have a good old fashioned fight to get to later on the episode. Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban. Uh, cannot wait for that. Alabama versus Texas A&M. Uh, it's the NIL battle of the century uh, already after one whole year of NIL so far. I'm so ready to talk about that, man. I know. I, I saw wait. some of the clips on Sports Center. I haven't dug into it as much, so I'm waiting for you to fill me in with that one as well. Yeah, it's great. Let's tailgate. All right. Well, before we get into that heavyweight battle, which I cannot wait to fully discuss with you because it's amazing. Uh, first off, let's let's talk about 100%. This is one of the shirts from our shop on uh, Etsy. If you want to join the Possum Gang, OP, that's our other podcast we do. We were talking about fantasy football and everything actually football related. Um, if you want to Join the, the possum, uh, what is it? What do we call it? The OP? The passel. The passel. If you want to join the passel, if you want to just buy any of our shirts, we got Semi-Pro Fantasy merch on there as well. Uh, IDP Army merch on there as well. Go ahead, get in on the shop. Joe, do you know the uh, website off the top of your head? 
<laughs> um, it is. It will be linked to everything right now. There Josh you go. Did, Josh did send me a text with it. Let me see if I can find it. I was about to say. I know it's Etsy, and if you search uh, semi pro fantasy on Etsy. Okay, if you search semi pro fantasy on Etsy, it'll take you directly to our shop. There'll be. I don't know. I think we got like six or seven varieties of shirts on there. Plenty of colors. I'm wearing one now. It's really super soft. Uh, my wife is already excited to use it as a sleep shirt at some point in time. So ladies out there, you definitely might want to grab one too, because these so- uh, shirts are very, very soft, but yeah. all right. And Jordan's got the sweet NFT one. <laughs> yes, out there, wanna, so it's got a bear on it. It's if awesome. If you want to join the not okay bears um, yeah. gang, I don't even know what they're called. The not okay bear group. Uh, of nft owners then go ahead buy a shirt show show your love for that but all right enough shilling out of our merchandise let's talk about some college football so we're going to start off this episode with a little bit of the 2023 prospect update the main one i want to talk about is jordan addison so jordan addison was the pittsburgh wide receiver he won the bullet award which is goes to the best wide receiver in college football um, you know, the players like Jamar Chase have won this. Marquise Brown may have won this uh, a couple years ago. It usually goes to the overall best wide receiver in college football. But he played with Kenny Pickett last year. Some may say that Kenny Pickett was boosted by how well Jordan Addison was at playing the receiver position. Who's to say? But we'll see this year if he can hold on to that because he transfers from Pittsburgh to USC to play, play with Lincoln Riley and the bunch of deserters from the Oklahoma program. Joe, what do you think about Jordan Addison? I love the talent. I think he's a hell of a receiver. I think the biggest question here is what does this do for Caleb Williams? Um, I mean, the thing is, is Caleb Williams is probably already the 2024. If, if we had to pick who was going to be the number one pick in that draft right now, it probably is going to be Caleb Williams. Um, of course, we'll have to wait two years to find that out for sure. Um, last year, Caleb Williams kind of made do with whatever Lincoln Riley was planning at Oklahoma, which some, you know, I don't think he was actually planning on doing anything. I think Caleb Williams was kind of just making everything happen, but he was really good at Oklahoma. And so you add the arguably the best receiver in the nations. A lot of people will say Jackson Smith and Jigba. I can't really argue with that fully right now, but Jordan Addison probably number two or three on that list. A lot of people will still um, have the guy from LSU boot ahead of them. I think that's how you say that name. Kayshawn. I always want to say Boote. Boote. It just, it just sounds better. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not totally positive, but um, a lot of people will put him still up there above uh, Jordan Addison. Personally, I think I'm going to go into their season with Addison number two, uh, just because I saw what he did last year. And that was with Kenny Pickett. Not that there's anything wrong with Kenny Pickett, but I just think you saw what he did with Kenny Pickett, and now you're about to see what he does with a huge upgrade at quarterback for in Caleb Williams. Do you think he's going to take on Smith and Jigba? It's a that's a hard one because Smith and Jigba, in my was way better than Chris Olave last year. I don't think that's close. Um, and then Garrett Wilson. Ugh, they, they were pretty close as being the one, two. And I would say in Jigba definitely had the more splashy plays and definitely had the better games out of the two. I just think Garrett Wilson might have been just a tad bit better um, as a route runner, but he, he has an opportunity to do that. Um, I think going into the season like this, this year's wide receiver class is just 
It's just special. And I know we've said that last year. We said that two years ago with Jamar Chase and like in them. I, I understand. I'm just saying this year is pretty darn special too. They're not a lot of like really tall guys. It's not a lot of six three, six four guys. We're talking like the 5'11", 6 foot, but we're talking about killer route runners. We're take, talking speed demons. Um, we're talking the Jamar Chase build of athlete. Like that is who we're talking about in this class. And there's four or five that I, I could say comfortably are going in the first round. You could probably build that out to, I don't know, around seven um, by the end, uh, at least to start off the year. So, I mean, that, that should tell you right there, Joe, this is going to be a special class. Yeah, I mean, Addison had almost 1,600 yards last year and 17 touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> was it due to the lack of anyone else at Pitt or? Pretty much. I mean, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, you know, Kenny Pickett was definitely slinging the ball a lot more than he did. Like, Kenny Pickett's best year was last year. Um, a lot, You know, one of the main arguments against Kenny Pickett was that he had played five years of college football. And his fifth year is the best year that he had is very strange. And it kind of coincided with the rise of Jordan Addison. So, I mean, you can, you know, you can make the argument. It's the same argument we had about Sam Howell, by the way. And that kind of proved things out. He lost Deami Brown. And then last year he was good and he had Josh Downs. Um, and Josh Downs is going to be a good receiver. But did he, you know, the Sam Howell get boosted by Josh Downs? You, you could make that argument. Some quarterbacks overcome it. You know, Joe Burrow had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. He just happened to be a really good quarterback. And Terrence Marshall. And Terrence Marshall. And Terrence yes, Marshall. I don't. I don't want to leave out Terrence Marshall and Clyde Edwards-Helaire too. Who knows? Yeah. You know, he was catching balls. And Thaddeus Moss, your boy. Yeah. Uh, they were. They were all there catching some passes. So, yeah. Um, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but this year's USC team is is going to be really good uh, offensively. Now, defensively, they're going to have a lot of issues. They have not done enough, in my opinion, and the coaching staff, who I know very well because they all just left OU to go to USC, is not great. I don't I don't love any, really, of the, the coaching staff for the defensive side of the ball. The offense, though, very special. It's a very special group, so... I guess we'll see what happens with USC this year. It's looking like they're probably going to start the season at number four in the nation. And, D- and offense is going to get them really far, but I think they're going to have a similar problem. Lincoln Riley is always going to have the problem of when he plays the good teams, Alabama, Georgia, all those, those kind of teams, offense just simply isn't enough. So we'll see. I think you could comfortably say Jordan Addison may be the best receiver Lincoln Riley's had. I'm, I'm saying that with clenched fist because CD Lamb exists, but um, <laughs> I think Jordan Addison might be better than CD Lamb. I, that's a take that I'm not married to at the moment, but I'm going to put it out there into the into the universe for now. Um, we'll so we'll see what a happens. Similar type player though, aren't they? I mean, it's it's not something he hasn't seen before. Yeah, uh, Jordan Addison's that level of special. So yeah. I I wouldn't say maybe they're on equal footing maybe is how I would put that instead. Yeah. Um, I think that he's going to be featuring Jordan Addison quite a bit, which they have a good receiver co- receiving core there anyway. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to have a problem, you know, getting anybody else involved. They got Mario Williams, who was a former five-star uh, receiver, a couple other guys, which we'll dive into at a later date, but you just have just those two guys, Mario Williams and Jordan Addison there. It's going to be, 
freaky good. So it so. looks like they're playing Rice uh, week one. Mm-hmm. So for CFB DraftKings, are we firing up Jordan Addison at whatever price he is I would at, just – yes, because yeah. he's going to be there to prove a point. And I get it. I get it. I, they're going to be there to prove a point. This entire season, until they play Oregon – well, by the way, if, if whenever USC plays Oregon, take Oregon, that defense is going to annihilate uh, Lincoln Riley's offense. They're just okay. We'll, we'll get this. You see, you see, Joe, you get me going. I, you get I, all fired up for the season, exactly, yeah, because it. Oregon has the top two linebackers in the nation on their team playing at the same time, and I don't know how Lincoln Riley's going to figure out a way around that, but we'll see. That's uh, they still have an offensive issue. I get it. There's a whole other thing, whole other part to that, but. That'll be fun. I can't wait to get into that uh, later on in the season. But USC, um, that kind of segues me perfectly into my next topic, which is uh, transfer quarterbacks from this season. So we had, I'm, I'm, there was plenty of transfer quarterbacks. I just want to focus on four right now. So um, Caleb Williams transfers from Oklahoma to USC. Now he's not available in this draft. He won't be available until 2024. Um my other three are Keen Slovis. He went from USC to Pittsburgh to take over for Kenny Pickett. Spencer Rattler, who everybody's kind of ridden off, which I don't think – I think that's a mistake, uh, went from Oklahoma to South Carolina. And then Jackson Dart, who was also at USC, went from USC to Ole Miss. So uh, Jackson Dart, not going to be available until 2024, but Keen Slovis and Spencer Rattler are going to be available in next year's draft. Um, Of these – Four, I think Caleb Williams will matter the most because I think a lot of other players on USC are going to eat um, off of that plate, basically, because Caleb Williams is just going to make everyone else better around him. Um, I'd say the worst of those is probably Keaton Slovis. I did not like him at USC, and now Pitt doesn't have Jordan Addison. I don't think the prospects are very high for them to continue being good this year, but... Hmm, it's neither here nor there. Do you have any opinions on any of those players, Joe? I guess the the biggest thing about this is not so much, you know, how they boost their draft stock or anything, but Spencer Rattler kind of fell off a massive cliff. I mean, I remember I remember two years ago there was talk he was the next Patrick Mahomes. He was the best that, thing ever. That take what that take existed. It, it was take, yeah. I remember that. I won't say who said it, but I was about um, to say we don't need to spread around <laughs> who was saying things like that out loud. Do you but, think that him going to South Carolina, he can kind of revamp his prospects? So here, here is what I think is good about that for Spencer Rattler is the pressure is now off. Yeah, it's he did not he did not go to Georgia. He did not go to Alabama. He didn't go to some place that's going to have very Clemson. He didn't go somewhere where there's going to be a lot of expectations. Nobody's expecting South Carolina to be amazing this year. Do I think they'll exceed expectations for sure? But they're not expected to, and that's that's mainly what Spencer Rattler needs. He went from literally his first year. Wasn't great. He only lost two games, but he played really well to the second year. He had, you know, people were putting him, myself included, up there with like potentially like Patrick Mahomes because of his style of play. It was loose. It was let me wait until the receiver gets open downfield and give him a chance to make a really good play on the ball. Like there was a lot of good things that Spencer Rattler did at Oklahoma his first year that he was just 
not capable of doing his second year. And I, I think that with South Carolina, he's going to have a really good opportunity to showcase uh, that skill set a little bit more because, you know, he's going to play in the SECs. They're going to play good competition. I, you know, they're not going to win, but probably like eight or nine games. But still, that's going to be really important for showing his tape, at least, that he's playing in these games. He's showing what he can do. And hopefully an NFL team can, you know, kind of put aside what happened last year uh, with Oklahoma. He getting benched, Caleb Williams coming in, Lincoln Riley giving up on the team in September. Hopefully that can just get washed under the rug and we can get Spencer Rattler back up there into the first round. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens to him. Um, You know, Slovis, you already brought it up. He goes there. Jordan Addison is not there anymore. I mean, is Pittsburgh – you kind of touched on it, but are they even competitive this year? See, so a lot of people have Keaton Slovis as like a sneaky, like could get up there in the first round kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what like because the 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 big thing this year is a lot of people are saying that there's a potential of seven quarterbacks in the, in the first round. Um, I only have six right now, but a lot of people are expecting Slovis to maybe be one of those guys that sneaks up in there to the first round, and I just don't see it with Pittsburgh's talent. I don't know how he's even going to be like, he wasn't great at USC. He had Drake London there. Like Mm. you're not good. Well, okay. Drake London was good. Keaton Slovis was not good. Um, And I just don't see how you can manufacture Pittsburgh's now really bad wide receiving core into something that's going to make you into a first round draft pick. It just, you would have to really be really good and outplay that roster's potential and i just don't see how he does it he's trying to build a house of cards with a fan behind him so that's uh that kind of seems like uh, what he's trying to do thousand percent right and i I mean no problem it wasn't his fault that you know he lincoln riley came into usc cleaned out the quarterback room and brought in his own guys that there's nothing he could have done about that no um but now did he choose pitt before or after addison left before and that's oh god Yes, that's that is part of the problem. He probably saw, hey, Kenny Pickett, who was an average quarterback before he had Jordan Addison. Hey, Kenny Pickett, you know, got himself into a first round draft pick by playing at Pitt with Jordan Addison. I wonder what I could do there if I went, you know, went and played there. That's probably what was on his mind, and you got to feel bad for the guy that he still did that, uh, or he still went, he's still going through it. He's still going to play this year. It's just going to be a rough one, in my opinion, for him. Yeah. And I don't know. Honestly, the Pittsburgh coach is quite mad about how this Jordan Addison NIL deal went down. And I cannot say that I blame him. I really cannot. This is this one's the most fishy one yet, honestly. Like this this one is super suspicious. So what how exactly he happened there. here? So there the argument was that uh Jordan Addison, so here's the thing, Jordan Addison opens up his availability to be back and go to a different school transfer. Pitt thought they had him to come back. Texas comes in out of nowhere and is like, hey, we're going to give you like $1.5 million to come down here and play at Texas. Texas thinks they had, like, and USC was in the mix too, talking to him stuff, mentioning their brand deals, uh, but it wasn't quite at what Texas was willing to offer. So literally the day before, te- like, before he announces he's going to Texas, USC comes back with three and a half million dollars for this upcoming season to come play there. And 
obviously, if you're Jordan freaking Addison, you're not going to turn down three and a half million dollars. I will remind you that second round rookies in the NFL are only getting paid one in like, I think they said uh, the guy that went to Pittsburgh Steelers. Damn, I forgot his name. Pickens, um, Pickens is only getting paid $1.75 million this year to play NFL football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Jordan Addison is going to get paid $3.5 million to play one season at USC. I, I see the issue with NIL. I see, the, I see the potential issue with NIL. I get it. You're giving yeah. that money to an athlete and you don't even know what kind of, you know, what they're worth, but you got all these students in debt after they fucking leave college. What's that going towards? He, Jordan uh, Addison. Like, why would, you know, here's the thing. And a lot of people are saying this, even Jordan Addison, why would you even leave USC next year? If you're going to get paid three right. and a half million, why would you want to go get a rookie salary somewhere? I mean, you could get argued to get started on your next contract, but your contract with you, you get seven million dollars for two years worth of work at USC, or you could go play in the NFL and make a mill, and you might not even start. Like, I mean, he's going to start, but still, like, you, you have the the whole rookie hazing and all that to go through. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, oh man, it's a, it's a, it's something. It's, this NIL, it's great for NIL these game. guys that aren't necessarily great. NFL that, that that doesn't transfer to the NFL. At least they can get their bag while they have all the hype and stuff. So I'm really excited about that. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's it's going to get insane, and it I'm is. here for it. I love it. Oh, I love it too. Uh, we'll touch on Jackson Dart real quick, then we'll play a commercial. Jackson Dart goes to Ole Miss to play with Lane Kiffin. I can't argue what he's doing. Um, Jeff Levy, who was the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, left to go to Oklahoma. So. Uh, depends on who you think was the actual mastermind behind that offense. A lot of people credit Lane Kiffin. Some people credit Jeff Levy, whichever one you believe. Either way, Jackson Dart goes there, and I still think he's going to be – he was a great quarterback at USC. He deserved that job over Caleb Williams, in my opinion, but that's beside the point. Um, but he goes there. I think Ole Miss is going to be fine. They're pretty good at churning out talent. Uh, he's going to fill in for Matt Corral, who's in the NFL now, and I think they'll be fine. But, all right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk Jimbo and Saban. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDP Army when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100, and you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're in any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. All right, welcome back. Go get an underdog draft. Joe does these things every day. They're a lot of fun. All the time. And use our promo code, IDP Army. Put it in there. Get your uh, deposit matched and go get in some drafts. There's some really good and fun ones in there right now. 
can also do basketball. You can do golf. You can do any sport pretty much that's available right now, and you will have a lot of fun. They got baseball, I'm pretty sure, and then obviously football futures are always going to be there. And those are the fun ones to do right now because you're getting players that you wouldn't normally get a lot, you know, quicker than you normally would. Because this is the time to absolutely rake in the chips right now on underdog. So first of all, for that hundred dollar bonus, if you put a hundred dollars in and they match it, which they will for a hundred bucks, I mean, you are getting, I can't even do the math here. You're getting 33 drafts for free. That you can win money on. And yeah, it's awesome. You get that three dollar draft, you throw in a 12 man league, you end up winning it, boom, it, it's huge. So I won a lot of leagues last year, and the teams that always tended to win were the ones that I drafted early because you know, guys, semi-pro fantasy, you're watching offensive points, you're watching IDP Army, you're watching Dynasty Tailgate. Billy prepares you for this all year. You know who these guys are, yeah, and no one else does. It's the most beautiful thing ever. So Get on Underdog. Check it out. It's fun. I do drafts all the time at work. I'll just sit there with my phone on. It lets me know when my pick is up. And you can do drafts in you know, 20, 30 minutes, and uh, it's a really good time. Plus, it prepares you for the upcoming redraft season because you start to see where these people are going. You start to see who goes high, who's dropping down boards, and that can help you formulate your own plan for your fantasy football season. So highly recommend it. We're on there. We'll be running drafts and stuff. So let us know. We'll get you in one of these drafts if you want. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a, they're a lot of fun, and you don't even necessarily you don't have to even be in a state that gambling is legal. You can be in any state that you could play like DraftKings or any kind of thing like that, where you're just doing the like or not the skill based fantasy games. You can do an underdog draft, and you will be able to play. So if you're so in a state fun. like that, go ahead, throw some money in, get started. Okay, Joe. Let's finish this out with the Battle Royale that's going to be shadowing over college football for this entire season. I'm glad they're giving us offseason content, and that is Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban. So how this started, uh, Nick Saban flat out said Jimbo Fisher paid for players to come play at Texas A&M. That's how it started. Like that, That is good enough right there, but it's only like spiraled out of control since. Um, so is Nick Saban wrong? No, he's not. I would say Jimbo Fisher doesn't necessarily, he's, it's not like he's handing players money. So it's not technically Jimbo Fisher paying players to come play at Texas A&M. He's just got, you know, collectives that work outside of Texas A&M that pay players to come play there. And that, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And I, I think this is pretty rich coming from Nick Saban, who we all know has been paying players to come to Alabama for the last 13 years now. Yep. Um, I, you know, if you go back to his very first draft class that he had, or not draft class, recruiting, well, might as well be a draft class, but recruiting class that he had back in 2008, that was the one where he landed Julio Jones. Um, and you love, like a lot of those players that were in that recruiting class were from Alabama. Now, the argument that you're probably are like, well, they're uh, they're from Alabama. Obviously, they want to go play at Alabama. His same reasoning that he does not like what's going on at Texas A&M is why people don't understand how Texas or how Alabama has been doing this for 13 years now, because literally they would not have chosen Alabama unless there was money coming in. I'm sorry. I know Mm -hmm. that that is going to hurt some feelings out there for people. 
Julio Jones was not going to go play at Alabama because of the love of the team. Hell no, he was Why not. He? I, I'm not trying to slander Julio Jones. I'm not saying he accepted any benefits or anything, but I'm saying that there's no way Julio Jones picks Alabama, who just came off of a 7-6 and six season. They finished fifth in the SEC West at the time. They were not even close to being good, like at all. And they suddenly end up with Julio Jones, who was a super, super, super good recruit from that area in Alabama. But, I mean, come on, Joe. Like, Saban's trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Like, we know Alabama's been doing this for years. We all know the shady shit that they have been involved in as far as landing players. And now it seems like the playing field's leveled a little bit. Maybe not because, you know, Texas probably has more billionaires than any other state in this here nation. But, uh, yeah, so it uh, – I don't know. I think the playing field's leveled. And you're right. It is very rich that Saban is now coming out and saying that it's unfair. And it's insane for him to yeah. say anything, Joe. He's been – not him, not him directly. Alabama, though – and here, here's what the thing. Anytime you come at an Alabama fan about like, hey, hey, they're uh, – you know, they're, they, they've just, their success. That's how they've been getting all these players. You know, they, they want to come here and they want to win national titles. That was not the case in 2008. And they still had the number four ranked rec- or recruiting class that year. They did not win a national title for years before that. Like not since the Bear Bryant days, I don't think. And all of a sudden Nick Saban gets there from the NFL who we he failed with the Dolphins. You're so you're like that. That's the story you're trying to tell us is that he came failing with the Dolphins. He comes to Alabama, and all of a sudden, after his first season going seven and six or whatever, I, I was a losing record um, overall, and he immediately has the number four draft class in the entire nation the next season. How are you going to make that make sense for me? Because you can't, and that's the thing. So Nick Saban please just get off your high horse for a second. Like just, we know what you've been doing. I get it. And Jimbo Fisher is not being as quiet about it as Alabama has been for the last 13 years. And the thing is, is like, you know, people like want to want to say it's because of the success Alabama's had. And sure. That might be what it is now, but that's not what it was 10 years ago. It just wasn't. They won one national title and they still have just kept the machine rolling. So I don't know, man, it's just kind of annoying to hear that coming from him. Yeah. No, it's it's good to hear the fireworks here. It's like the you know the father son battle, and you know they're from the same coaching tree on top of that, which is just phenomenal. On exactly, top. and Jimbo is just like the most country guy ever, which is just perfect. And I love that he's been denying everything, and he has the right to do that because it's not like I said, it's not like he's paying the players himself. Um, it's just you know Texas A and M's taking advantage of NIL. They had the number, they had the best draft class, draft class. Draft. Why I keep saying that? The best recruiting class of all time this past season. So I can get why Nick Saban's salty as hell about it. I understand why. It makes total sense. But same time, you still the games are still played on the field. Joe it does not matter. I mean, Alabama can say that you know we have all of the five stars. We should win every year. Uh, sorry, the, the the playing field has been has been leveled quite a bit. By the way, Texas right. A&M plays Alabama October eighth. Just write write that on your calendar right now. Uh, they play in Alabama this year. Just go ahead, set you a little notification for that game to be happening because it is uh, going to be quite the fireworks show on that October 8th night. You can just assume college game day is going to go there. 
hopefully they're both undefeated. Texas A&M, um, Texas A&M is still Texas A&M is still good. They lost Isaiah Spiller, they lost Jalen Wiedermeyer, they lost a couple of uh, like Demarvin Leal, a couple of players, but they should be like I said, number one draft cl- or draft class. Dang it, I need to like put like a jar or something every time I say <laughs> draft class instead of recruiting class. They had like literally had the number one recruiting class of all time this past season. So you got to assume a couple of those guys are going to come in and be immediate players. They still have Devin the chain or a running back. It's going to be really good for them. Um, they still have, I think Calzada is the quarterback. I'll have to double check that. He might not even win the job by the time it's all said and done, but this is going to be a fun season, Joe. I cannot wait to get further. Like this is a storyline in June. I cannot wait. We have a whole like July is usually the freakout month. I'm glad we're getting this started, and we're not even in June. We're in May still, but yeah. you know, I'm excited that we got two more months of this madness. We're getting a lot of content this early. I hope it keeps rolling in. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe. Well, that's all I have for this episode. Is there any last minute things you want to get out? No. Just hope everyone has a good Memorial Day weekend and do these damn underdog drafts. I'm not going to get <laughs> off of this, man. Like when I'm bored, when I'm laying in bed at night, yeah, I can watch TV and that's cool, but I'm usually doing an underdog draft because last year I made a lot of money at the end of the year. It was, it was amazing. So, you know, you check the bank account in February and you're just like, well, damn, that was, that was well worth it. So you need to be doing that when you're bored. Exactly. So, Go get you in some underdog drafts. Uh, tune in. We'll pro- I'll probably be back next week with more Dynasty Tailgate stuff. Just had to come in and talk about some things that had happened over the last two weeks while I've been away. Um, Joe, get us out of here. Guys, it was a pleasure riding with you, and uh, let's tailgate next week. We'll see you then. Hell yeah. <laughs>